folks, you're very welcome along this Monday evening to the LCC-sponsored TTM show. And as always, delighted to have Mr. Damien Harvey with us. Unfortunately, Mr. Kelly, Kevin, is not here. He's on a world tour of Arsenal supporters. They're taking the African Cup around the world, and Kevin has started. Headed off to Galway, the west of Ireland. And uh, I know that he'll get a great reception down there. I hope he enjoys his few days. But as always, when Kevin Kelly, the corner forward, can't uh, make it, uh, another corner forward steps in. So Mr. Michael Duff. Uh, ex Carrick Moore and former Stormont Gales. Stormont Gales, the Gaelic team called Stormont Gales, why? Yeah, I had the close end freeze for them. All right, and Sammy Wilkes in there. I, I was appointed to hit the close end freeze, but they had to be very close, if you know what I mean, Noel. Oh, I would understand, Barry. Keep things close <laughs> about there. Anyway, good to have Barry with us. And of course, to counter Barry's uh, obsession with Carrick Moore, we decided on in, in the date the Senate that it would be fair to have an Ergo man represented. I'm good to have Joe in here. Joe, good to have you with us. Thank you, you know. Lots to chat about, lots, lots of activity. And again, we, we, Brian and I have discussed this several times about how important the GA is in the community. It's only when you see what goes on between ladies and youth and, and senior men and everything else, around the, not just around the county, but around the country, uh, this last few weeks, weeks it's been brilliant to see it. So great to have uh, the GA as active as it is. Uh, and of course, ourselves and Damien there with us. Uh, Streaming, we're busy streaming matches as and when we can. And we streamed yesterday uh, up at Trollic, the Trollic and Day Lahan League game. And thanks to Trollic and to Day Lahan for accommodating us. Thanks as always to Metro CCTV, to uh, the two Johns, John Coyle and, and, and John McCuskey, of course, for assisting with that. And before we, any further we go, I want to word, especially word to the PROs, the various clubs, both ladies and gents, who provide us with the information yeah. to put the reports up as quickly as we can on Friday nights, the ladies. And on Sunday evenings with the, the, the gents. Anyway, injuries. Joe, soft tissue. In my day, this was soft tissue. Obviously, things have changed, but uh, there are a few injuries that are concerning yourself and concerning Ergo. And before we do mention those, I want to say best wishes to the only player who was injured in, in uh, Cookstown. Hopefully, he's making a, a speedy recovery. Joe, what's the situation with the injury in, in, in Ergo? Well, I suppose it's uh, a well-known fact. Daryl with a sling on yesterday, you know, he broke a wrist in training during the week, so wouldn't wouldn't be ideal in the short time frame that we have. But listen, that's the hand you're dealt. And of course, Hodge McEnany, Barry McEnany, he done the ACL a couple of weeks ago before it was started, so uh, just nightmare. And then of course Peter Rogue, he took a bit of a toss yesterday at the match and landed in the shoulder. So maybe that's where the soft tissue injuries maybe come from, but. Would be hopeful that Peter Rogues maybe doesn't turn out to be too bad. Initially, I suppose everybody's worried that it was going to be the old dreaded collarbone, but so far that hasn't been confirmed. So hopefully, it stays like that. It just goes to show you, Barry. I'm, I'm just thinking uh, we're talking this morning about injuries and the nature of injuries and how, how they occur and so on. And I think back to the '95 All Ireland final, how we lost Adrian Cush to an injury that was sustained in training. And you know, people talk about guys picking up injuries in matches and so on, and, and, and how little the, the, the opportunity they had to, to train properly this year. But look, it's so easy to pick up an injury if the same training. And, and unfortunately, these lads again have done so. Hardly even in the warm up, no. In the warm up, some people have been injured in their day. But I see uh, a pattern of hamstring injuries at this time, you know. I'm not like Andy McGinley, I'm not like a physio that can explain why, you know, but there seems to be a disproportionately large number of hamstring injuries at this time for some reason. 
I don't know whether it's the condensed season, you know, the type of intensity that has to be achieved very quickly or whatever. But you, you see a lot of these hamstring injuries and people's uh, muscles tightening up and all that type of thing. Yeah, the interesting thing, and Damien, I wonder your comment on this. Uh, sometimes I think the state of football, because it's, it's, it's very slow and methodical, build up, build up, build up, and then sudden bursts of, of uh, energy and sudden bursts of, of, of power, and, and you're putting stress and muscles that previously hadn't maybe worked too hard, and suddenly, maybe, Damien, comment? Um, so you, sorry, you're asking me to comment on sudden bursts of energy? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's being to you, but I'm just thinking, you know, you're a man, you're, you're talking just wishful, as, I suppose, as opposed to factual. Uh, no, absolutely, Noel. And um, I think something Kevin Kelly actually spoke about a number of weeks back. He talked about the fact that the lads returned from training and how well they would return, or try returning to training, and how well they would do in terms of. Uh, you know, adapting back to, to full training. So close, actually, to in the championship as well, because I don't think it's been much of a build-up in terms of, uh, you know, bedding yourself in. Um, they're going to have to be up to pace here fairly quickly because, obviously, we're only a few days now away from the opening round of the championship. So, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to pick up these injuries, but um, I have to say, from listening to the Argyle tales of, oh, there, it doesn't sound like there's too many soft tissue injuries in the middle of that. It uh, sounds like there's a few guys who... Um, are going to be out for some time and uh, you can only wish them all the best because I think this season more than any if you miss a few games you're going to you know if you pick up any sort of injury at all you're going to miss a lot of football yeah yeah there's no doubt about that I suppose the way the, the, the season is condensed uh, Joe, Joe just before we move on on, on that uh, or the condensed nature of the season is one thing were you happy enough Joe with the decision to go with the two groups of, of eight in terms of uh, the league and, and, and getting games played at least. I, I think so. I think I think a full league, like with you know, with fifteen games or thirteen games or whatever it would be, fourteen games, far too many, like sevens plenty. You know, I think it gives everybody a fair chance. And I think that the groups are split spread, you know, split fairly evenly and it's it, it's good. It's short, shortened the travel to games and you know in that period when everybody was afraid of what was going to happen and it was it's it's opened up a wee bit more now but you know, you still everybody has to be on their on their guard as such, and you know, taking people, taking supporters to games, and maybe you know, when the travel's not as far, you know, I think it worked for the best. And I suppose the controlled element of of uh, uh, spectators and so on. But I'm just thinking, we're looking ahead to one, probably one of the biggest club championship matches in Ireland, uh, Coal Island and Clonoe in Eden Dark. If, say, for example, the county board and their wisdom came along to you and said, Barry, we want you to put in place uh, an access control plan. Uh, how, how, how would you envisage that one working out? Well, I think everything would go out the window when them canoe boys are in the changing room looking at the motivation they have on the wall. You know, you know what they have on their wall in canoe? Last, what is it, first into the field of battle and last to leave. So, uh, control and all that will go out the window as soon as them two teams take the field. Hey, it is shaping up to be some game. And it used to be when really hot games like that were being featured, people used to say you would need a monster referee. No, <laughs> you know, who's going to referee it? Do, do you know who's appointed to referee it? No, but it's an interesting point that you make when you say a monster referee. Is that M O N S T E R? No. no. 
Now, somebody from Cork or Kerry, you know, that may never be seen again up in this part of the country, you know, <laughs> you know get them right. their 60 plus minutes of refereeing that and get, the, get them home as quickly as possible. Interesting point you made there was that if the refereeing doesn't go right, he may never be seen again. <laughs> well, Cano and Cole Island, hey, sure, they, they run into each other as geographical places, you know, and already you see the main games with Damien O'Hagan talking down Cole Island's chances, you know. And me and Joe were talking before the programme there about how teams do that, you know. Uh, it's deadly, you know, how teams say, we'll show up, you know, or we'll definitely fulfil the fixture, you know, but use our hot favourites. So Damien O'Hagan has already a stall set out that Cano, you know, it's their game to lose, you know, that kind of a way. So the main games between the managers is good crack as well. Absolutely. Another interesting thing here, Damien, is, that historically in the championship, uh, Cole Island have had something of the upper hand with Clannoe this last while. And if anything, you know, Cole Island possibly, in many people's eyes, would be favourites. But Damien doing the old Irish one is, uh, as Barry right, is, is playing it down and trying to put the pressure on to uh, Clannoe. Yeah, no doubt about it. Like, like, you know, that, that, that's like anybody that's going to call that one uh, isn't wise. You know, if I think they're. If I think they've got any clue about how what the outcome of that game's gonna be, um there's so much at stake. Um I don't know how they're gonna manage the five hundred mark uh, to get in getting into that game. Um gonna to have to look at uh, some sort of streaming for that game because it's just the number of neutrals even from that even from that area. And um big games like that are are, are gonna gonna attract big, big attendance. So be an interesting one over the next. Uh, like I'm sure the the um, the county board will be releasing details and CCC will be releasing details as to how that's going to be managed over the next wee while. But um, good luck with that one because I'm not sure there is there's a there's a there is an answer because there's just so many people that want to go and see it. And I know yeah. that'll be that'll be that'll be far reaching because there's an RMA interest there with uh, Stephen McDonald and Paul just. Uh, you know, and no doubt, you know, you'll have clubs around South Derry who would be just mad keen to get, get, get across to see that game, you know. 500 looking to go to that game, never mind 5,000 5, looking to go to that game, never mind 500. Mm-hmm. Massive. Yeah. People have been starved of, of games, you know, over the last while. And um, yeah, look, it's going to have very clear clear regulations and it's going to have very clearly set out as to how, how it's going to be managed ahead of that. But, Look, it's going to be interesting to see what the regulations are over the next uh, week or so. Interestingly, uh, um, we've received, by this, this may be of interest to you, we've received 87 applications for match analysts, people who want to just be match analysts on the night. Would, would that would your, your particular skill set fall in that? Oh, no. But then you're supposed to be magnanimous and say, I offer my place up to one of the supporters of the teams. You know, you, know, you, don't, you don't grab your place. You offer it up to a true Fianna or a true O'Reilly's supporter, you know. So I would have to embrace that spirit, Noel, you know. Yeah, well, we'll see how that one goes. Anyway, yeah, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very hard position for clubs to be put in also, you know, for, you know, who do you give the tickets to? What do uh, we well, it, it reminds me of, of, of the All-Ireland final tickets, the four that come to the club annually, and the night that they're given out, there's guys appear to the woodwork you haven't seen for years, but they paid up their membership and they're entitled to be there. And uh, again, uh, it causes all sorts of acrimony and arguments. And listen, there are no winners with it. It's just a very, very difficult situation. And as Damien says, we'll look for clarity from the CCC and from the county board. Hopefully, 
hopefully it'll go. I suppose the best thing. Well, maybe, is, maybe need clarity from the from the um, from the deputy first minister. Maybe maybe <laughs> give clarity because she is Clano Clano member of the Clano Club. I think it, well, there should be a, there should be a European dimension to this. You know, you know. I think it should go the whole way to Brussels or. Maybe the Hague or somewhere, you know, it's a big one, like Clonoe versus Clayland. But hey, do you see the tickets, the battle for tickets? I remember a Conor Graham skit where he was in the queue in Dunnockmore for his All-Ireland tickets, him and a friend of his. Noel, and on the way up in the queue, he kept saying to himself, they can't refuse me tickets after all I've done for this club. And uh, as he got closer to the desk, he said, come to think of it, I haven't done that much for this club. <laughs> and then... He never found out whether he was getting tickets or not because he just said to the two people distributing the tickets, "You were queer footballers yourselves." And then he turned and went home, not sure whether he was going to get a ticket or not. <laughs> well, again, I suppose that's that's the beauty of the GA that it's the passion that draws us there and keeps bringing us back. You know. Anyway, a hugely busy weekend, Damien, of first, second, and third division action. Some fantastic people as well. So yeah, absolutely, you know, there was a big, big, few big games, and uh, it's when we were starting Division Three. But I have to say, before we start, Noel, uh, it was good to see you. I've heard lasses on joining the rest of us here this evening. Um, uh, we, you've been you've been lost for such a long time, and I'm glad you've uh, been able to find yourself, find yourself and get the get us back. So, like you just say, since we moved house, I haven't been able to find it, but my wife found it. It was brilliant. I can actually read my own writing. <laughs> Yeah, we're starting division. So we're starting division three, group one. Uh, Castle Derg, they're unbeaten this season. They won again at the weekend, one thirteen to one two. Good win over Bracha, no? Good win, Mark. Uh, Mark Curry again on, on, on form, Damien. Uh, I think he hit one six. Adam Trainer, Adam Trainer as well on form. But Bracha are going through a tough, a tough period. You know, they really are struggling to get uh, to get scores and and to get score any sort of results. Um, Tiernan O'Neill, Mark Kavanagh, McCallum, sorry, with their scores, but it was a really a one-sided game. But I was talking to you, Kieran McCluskey, and he did say, very impressed with Castle Derg. I don't know if Barry or, or Joe have ever uh, had the pleasure of watching the Derg. Carrick Moorman saying them at the minute, Barry, and they're going well. Well, I knew, without even asking, that Mark Corley was going to feature in the scoring feats there, Noel. And primarily because, um, see the dinner that his Team Talk organises in Bundoran? You have often recognised Mark Curry. You know, he com- he slips on his jacket, he comes up to get an all-star type thing, you know. And uh, mm. that, that's very good for recognising, you know, Division Three players. And I mean, I don't know that much about Mark Curry, uh, but I just know he's a prolific scorer for Castle Derg. And I knew you would say his name and that there'd be something like 1-6 opposite his name, you know. It's just Kevin Kelly. No, Barry, is it? Kevin Kelly, 1-6. I will... Kevin Kelly, you know, continues to inspire people. And, uh, you know, wouldn't he be in queer form this evening after Galbley, you know, got two points yesterday in, in the first oh, division? We'll come to that. We'll come to that. That's division we'll one. That. We'll, we'll, we'll stick with division three. We'll stick with division three. Right. Clannagale, 623. Clannagale, 17. A big performance once again for Clannagale. And they're following up their uh, draw with a big big win over uh, Clannagale, 13. Yeah, Owen do her there with uh, three goals, a hat trick, three, three goals, no points. That's the often you'd see a score again. Danny Ball won three. Che Brown again, another player uh, that we've seen coming through the youth. Gareth McGarmot, another man that we, we have seen repeatedly appear on the, the scoring charts. But I was talking to Darius Kevington and, and from, from Coal Island at the weekend. And I think that's the most important thing. The thirds in Coal Island is about giving football to lads. And he said, look, we're going to take a few beatings. 
long way. But the point is, they want to make sure that they fulfill all the fixtures, they get a good feel for it, and that they come back next year bigger, better, and stronger. Now, while it looks on paper like an, an awful hammer, I mean, it's just great to see that Colleen third team competing. And the same with Eregon, and Joe, I'm sure Joe agrees. Uh, they're giving football to guys who possibly wouldn't be competing, but can't compete, can't commit to training, and so on. And yeah, next, next one is the Eregon result, actually. It's Drumquin, 217, Eregon, 10 points. Um, and Drumquin, fast start to the season for them, 3-3. Three 3-3, three. Three three, two ones away from home, that one at home to Eregon. 6-5 at half-time, paying me down with a couple of points in the first half. But Drumquin took out in the second half. And uh, again, they, they started to show a wee bit of quality, a bit of class. Cormac Rogers finished top score with 2-4. And uh, Sean McDonough, a man who uh, we, we've heard a lot about before, five points he hit. Uh, they're in good form. But one of the big things that Paul McCusker, the chairman, was telling me is Pierce McGuire is back and he's playing wing half back from him. And he is like three men. It's just a breath of fresh air and playing great stuff. Just on that Ergle team, Joe, that um, it's very much... Is it is it a case of giving lads football in Aragal, or is that not seen a wee bit more differently in Aragal with that third team? Is it not a bit more developmental for the for the under twenty ones and seniors? It is to a point, but like it is, it is. I know some of our lads would say it is recreational football, and, and it's keeping boys involved. And you know there is a huge element of them that do take it really serious and train. And then there's just our lads that just can't commit and just want a game. You know what I mean? Um, and and this short time frame doesn't suit them. Um, you know, normally you have seven or eight games before you come into the championship. So our boys get a wee chance to start the season, get two or three games, and then maybe start training. You're not getting it this time. So some of the lads that are that are starting, you know, and having three in the big lot, in fact, maybe a couple of them maybe haven't trained at all. Um, and they're not going to get that chance this year, you know, because of the short time frame. And listen, that is what it is. Um, Castle Derg. We played them the first day out. I was hugely impressed with them. Um, and I wasn't down on Saturday now, but seemingly the McQuinn were very well drilled as well and very well organised. Now, in saying that, our boys were, were in it for maybe up to the second water break. I think we were four, four points down, I think, coming into the second water break. And then and then they just, the fitness took toll in the end as far as, you know, we'd be concerned. Um, but listen, it serves its purpose. And as I spoke to Vinny McKeon from Kalainland as well, like for 15 minutes, Kalainland were probably the better junior side the night we played them. Really good game for 15 minutes, but then they tailed off after 15 minutes. Um, and we were a wee bit better. But listen, we took them Haydens at the start too. You know, we're a wee bit more competitive now. We're still taking on tanking, but we're a wee bit more competitive. Um, not championship win. Like we got one last year again, Brackville maybe caught them in the hop a wee bit, you know, and like it was like winning the championship, you know what I mean? It was it was a great day, it was a great result for them. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I said just tease up that Brackville result, all right? There, Brackville three sixteen, and this is in Group Two. Killyman three twelve. Now, well, you often think about you know some of the games you could be covering over the weekend when you get a result like that, and you think we should have had the camera down there. I talked to Terry McShane and talked to Sean Quinn. And uh, Kane Gillis yesterday after the games, and both all, all of them agreed it was a fantastic game. Uh, both teams led at different stages. Kelly Mann were six points behind at one stage in the first half, reached half time a point behind. They were actually leading late, late, late in the game when a Jason Lee goal in the point turned the game at the very end for Brackville. But Dale McSorley hit uh, a goal in nine for, for Brackville, very, very good scoring, very accurate forward. Uh, Gary Ferguson got one, one of the other goals as well. I say Jason. Jason uh, O'Neill got the third goal. Brilliant performance from them. But credit to, to Kelly Mann. Early in the season, they went away there and beat Fintna. 
they're putting together a decent run of uh, performances. And Michael Donnelly and, of course, Henry McGahan is always uh, leading the, uh, the, the line in terms of scoring. And if anything, this year, I think Kelly Mann are much more competitive. And Barry, you and I have talked about this before, about Kelly Mann and the, and, and the small pick that they have and everything else. And the fact that they are competing as well, isolated as they are where they are geographically, it's brilliant to see. I know. I think uh, I remember the Kelly Mann people years ago being very impressed with a speech that Brendan Harkin made at their annual dinner. And in it, he, he, he gave the small number, it was less than 100 families that they had to pick from. It might have been the region of 90. He said, this club is sustained by 90 families. I couldn't believe that. But Brendan Harkin went down very well when he made that point at the Killyman dinner. And then I've taken a part in a couple of social events at the Killyman Club. And there's a lovely homeliness about it, you know. And sometimes my advice to big clubs is to take a leaf out of the smaller clubs and behave like a small club, even if you're a big club, yeah. in terms of finding roles for everybody, you know, that kind of a way. Yeah, yeah. And what they do, basically, they, they find a role for everybody. Nobody is wasted. No one is lost. Exactly. They purpose and they want to see them retain and contributing to the club and, and, and making it a success. Yeah. Next up in Division Three, we had the game between Asker and Derry Test. Impressive enough, actually, for Derry Test away from home, went up to Asker and took took the points. Four points. Last week to Derry Test and drew up there, Damien, and we're unlucky, I reckon, not to win. Derry Test knew they had to get the the, the the thing very much back on the rails, and that's exactly what they did uh, at the weekend. Neil Gavin, as always, what a score machine with Mark Corey. Neil Gavin hits ten and eleven points a match for fun. He hit another 11 at the weekend. Roman O'Neill got a goal from two hugely important scores. And they managed to keep Esco at bay despite the best efforts of Joe Marlow, Neil Marlow and Johnny Hackett. Johnny Hackett got a goal and a point from them. But they just had them at arm's length the whole way. Experienced side. And, although I'm not a betting man if it was, I would put 50p on day press to be dark horses for the championship. There you go. You've heard it here first, folks. Make sure you get your money on Derry to ask and then go and visit home again when it all goes wrong. If it does go wrong later, hopefully, from a Derry Fest point of view, it won't. But anyway, uh, fitness seven points, Kildress 318. Very impressive victory for Kildress. And uh, they're going well in Division 3 3 3 from 3 0. Kildress 318. Bring it again, a team that are, are on, on the up. There's no question about it. Uh, Kill Mike and me at full forward. Matty McGuigan in there as well. Philip Lennon, who regularly hits four and five points. Matty McGuigan, I think, had one six at the weekend. But the story of this game is the four guys. Uh, the, the, a man described them to me this morning. Kildress has answered through the Beatles. The four, the four guys. We had Dez. We had uh, Frank. We had Damien. And we had Martin. And a collective age of 155 between the four of them. Brilliant to see it. Frank McGurk was talking this morning. Came back, scored the last goal, they scored the third goal in the game. And he says he got up this morning, he didn't realise how sore his groins were, and they tried to get out of bed this morning. Absolutely killed him, but brilliant to see it. Fantastic. And, I, and we have a wee story on that on the website, we'll be up on the website later. But brilliant to see Kildreas doing it. They're keeping these guys involved, as we mentioned earlier, but they're also performing with the young guys coming through. And they'll, they'll be a team that'll be hard to beat this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. The last game in Division 3, uh, Kalishal 17 points, Glenally 2-8. And Kalishal now 2-3 from three in the league. Uh, an impressive side as well. Very young team, a team on the up again. Pascal Donahue with 8 points, Jason Doyle with 3. And Conor Monaghan and Daniel Miller, 3 points each in that for, for Kalishal. Glenally, I suppose, we're a wee bit disappointed. They, they're improving all the time. Improving all the time. Barry McConnell with a goal on the point. 
Brown O'Kane with 1-4 for them. And uh, again, they're a team that could uh, cause problems if, if uh, to, 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 you know, in terms of championship. They, on their day, they're well capable of beating anybody. They're strong, they're physical, they, they're well organised, and uh, they certainly will make life difficult for anybody. But brilliant one for Kalishal, and good to see them uh, bouncing back, particularly in the circumstances that uh, caused last week's game to be, to be uh, conceded. Yeah, next, right to Division 2. Next, sorry, go ahead. My 50p would go on the end, when you're on about betting on the 50p, I fancy. Kalisha, there's a core group of young lads in there, and you know, you still got the two McMullins about there. I think they're, I think Kalisha this year might be too far away. I wouldn't argue with Joe. I, a great team, and a team that one of my managers was my first team ever to manage. Great time for them, great people, great club, and I'd love to see them back up in, in, in their immediate senior football. Uh, it's good to know that Noel McGinn and uh, Joe Neal have some of our spending taste at the minute. 50p, folks, if you want to get any money on, that's what the, that's what the going rate is these days. Uh, Barry, Taddy Ray, 11 points, Stewartstown 2-12. Um, Burgle looking on last week, leading the Stewartstown man up to Taddy Ray. And uh, Taddy Ray struggling a wee bit in Division 2 this year, but there's, there's no threat of relegation. Uh, but a good result for Stewartstown away from home there. I know. Um, and... You know, some of these, uh, it's unusual to see some of these teams, like the Tats were a Division 1 team recently, you know, and it's interesting to see, you know, that Division 2 is a strong division, you know, nothing is taken for granted. And then to see Kildress there in Division 3, it seems a wee bit out of sorts, you know, but it shows you how competitive Tyrone football is, you know, and even, you know, the experience of those thirds teams, you know, if they had thought at the start of the season that, you know, we are a big club, we're going to get it handy in Division 3. You don't get it handy anywhere in Tyrone. You don't. And there's great rivalry everywhere, you know. So, uh, the Tats, I would have a soft spot for the Tats, all right. They're, they're great people. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll pick themselves up again after that defeat, you know. Stuart's an unbeaten this year, no? I sure are going well. Um, I spoke to Fergal last week. He appeared chummy and cagey enough. But I suppose, again, it's, it's, it's easy for us to be sitting outside looking at it or looking at it. But when, when Fergal's so close to it, he knows what the, t- the, the, the team are capable of. You know, with Gareth Evan and, and, and what do you call him, Lowe playing up front, like, you know, the quality players, and Joe would be aware of them as well, that on their day, sure, shouldn't give any team a, a, a real going over. And I think the fact that they have Fergal in and that they are working as hard as they are, feeling well, committed to, to, to the cause, uh, and coming down to Taddy Ray and, you know, taking them on and beating them. I mean, listen, that says a lot. Uh, and they'll take a lot of confidence from that win. I think it's four four years ago they won under twenty ones. You know, again, yep. they're, you know, Don Lowe was exceptional that 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 year. He was unreal. Like, but um, no, they they have they have they're a good side too, and, and no better man than Fergal over them. You know, he's funny. I was down. I was down in Stewartstown there one night and they were out training. You know, and there's a good buzz about the club there. Yeah, Stephen Todd, you know, he'll get the two goals for them at the weekend. And the Tats finished with twelve men. I think we would have been disciplined or whatever, but. Um, look, they, they, they just again with, with a small pick to pick from, not easy if they lose a player or two. Uh, at the minute things aren't going that well, but with no fear of relegation, they'll be all right. Yeah. Yep, next up, uh, Eden Dark 212, Greencastle 1 8. Um, that's I think that's two defeats in a row. Is that for Greencastle? Um, they'll not be they'll not be too happy about that, but then they're going up against a very strong Eden Dark team. Yeah, even our Greencastle have one point from 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 six, uh, one one draw. Uh, high High Oak and Jake Ferguson with the goals, and uh, of course Darren McCoy and Morgan were among the points. 
Poor them down to get the goal for Greencastle, Cahar McCullough, Mark Harrison on target with the, with the, with the points. But uh, listen, I see at the minute, Eden Dork are probably playing the best football in Division 2. Uh, again, they play with a sense of abandon, but there's good commitment. Things are going well at, at all levels in the club, and it's, it's reflected on, on performances in the field. And I mean, no doubt you Stewart last week and beat Nave Owen, absolutely blew them away. And you Stewart went up to Moortown this week and got a draw there. So that tells you something about the quality there is in that Eden Dorsey. They weren't playing. It was Nave Owen that were playing this week. Uh, Nave Owen 310. They were away right. from Moortown. Uh, Moortown 213. And a good result for Nave Owen. And for you betting men, if you want to get a draw this year, Nave Owen seems to be a team you want to back because uh, that's two, two draws in three games. Yeah, Brendan Boy, Kevin Gallagher and, and Ryan May is doing the, 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 the scoring, the majority of the scoring. No surprise that Brian Shearer has had those names time after time after time. Over the last number of years, they're always popping up on the scoring charts. But a big, big performance from them. You know, uh, Neve Owen, again, they're, they're coming together as a club. They're, they're, they're growing, they're developing. They would have learned a few, a few things about the, what's required in terms of performance from the last week. And they, they certainly did that. They went up to the lock shore and uh, they took uh, Merton on. Good draw. High-scoring game, Damien. 2-10 or 2-13, 3-10. Uh, Sean Kelly and Peter, Peter Devlin were the, the goal scorers for, for Merton. Again, Merton. I say they're coming through, a lot of young players coming through as well. It'd be interesting to keep an eye on them for the rest of the season. I just wondered about the Nave Owen. Uh, are they using the dragish pitch up there at the minute, or is it completely closed? Or they've got themselves moved across to Newton Stewart, or where, where are they playing their ball these days? I think everything's in, in, in Newton Stewart. I'm not 100% sure, but I mean, you're, you're very familiar, Damien, with uh, the location of the dragish pitch. We took a spin up club one night, didn't we, all just to see where it was? Well, I did ask. <laughs> not an easy place to find if you're not. I haven't, seen any, I haven't seen any football in it recently, right enough. But uh, I'm sure it's something uh, by a rural community like that. I'm sure they're keen to maybe see that field back in use again for that, for that amalgamated club. Aye, it's a big decision, isn't it? You know, to amalgamate teams, huge decision. You know, kind of sad in a way. You know, driven by demographics or whatever. You know, in the case of Dregish. But it's very pleasing to see them get a result. You know, if I was talking to John Joe O'Neill, the Moortown man, he would say that Moortown lives matter. He said that to me recently because he heard me saying publicly that Tyrone went from Ahiarn to Larbeau, in fact, as far as Ballanderry Bridge. And he contacted me to say Moortown lives matter. So although we're analysing Nave Owen's excellent uh, achievement in getting the draw there, I'll quote. John Joe O'Neill, this once that Moortown lives matter too, Noel. Yeah, well, the funny thing, but I, I must hear that I, I thought John Joe said Moortown lives matter. And, uh... <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, <laughs> Rock 115, Owen Rose 113. Uh, good home win for Rock on, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Rock, I mean, we, we've seen Rock and people sometimes describe them and, and maybe they themselves might say that they, you know, they do well for a, for a period in intermediate football, then they're back down to junior, and they, they're, they're, re- they're too good for junior football, there's no doubt about it, they're really are quality side, and I'd love to see them really establish themselves in, in intermediate football and get a foothold there, because, you know, when you have the likes of Aidan McGarry and, 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 uh, and Ian Nugent and guys, like that, you know, and, and big Shane Murphy, who's a joy to watch striking the ball, Joe, I mean, he can, hits a dead ball like a golf. Awesome. awesome. Absolutely awesome. awesome. And I mean, uh, those guys were to the fore at the weekend. Own Rose again, even though without Cal Machine, they're competing, they're, they're, they're more than holding their own. And uh, 
you know, they ran the Rock very, very close, and they'll take something from that, even though that uh, the Rock obviously picked up the points. But two good teams, two good clubs, working hard. Joe, another set of neighbours there. Barra, good win the way at the weekend between you know, Sahalou, 212 to 112. Um, that's, that's, one of them, that's one of them games you wish you weren't playing. You know, your own club wasn't playing and you could go and watch, you know what I mean? It, it sounded like it was a real ding-dong battle just. Late. Yeah, I think Benny Hurry was over at it. He says it was a cracking game. Uh, but Barra going well, Noel, in Division 2. The, uh, they've got the cough between their teeth and, you know, Friday night's going to mark the halfway, over halfway point in this year's league, believe it or not. Um, four games will be played this uh, weekend, and uh, things are shaping up well for Bear. Yeah, Bear have been very, very impressive. I've watched them for, for a couple of years. I actually saw them, interestingly, Brian mentioned earlier about Kildrace, where they beat Kildrace and Kelly Clahart in uh, a league playoff. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Eric and Oma were playing in the league final after it. Sure, indeed, uh, that's right, yeah. There was no trophy presented, obviously, they looked by the, the playoff, but the crowd that swarmed onto the pitch and the sense of jubilation and, and enjoyment that was there, it was palpable. And it actually was a much better game than the league final was. And the fact that Berra went up, obviously, made, made their year uh, and, and so on. But I mean, they've gone up there, they're competing well. Uh, Oshin Donnelly had seven points at the weekend, and uh, Niall Owens and uh, Declan McCann also buy goals for them. Rory McGlow got a goal for uh, Ahalou. Ahalou again, Niall, Niall Henderson and Niall McElroy. We, we talked about these guys before. Small forwards with plenty of pace. They'll cause defenses trouble. But those two teams, not an awful lot between them. But a brilliant result And they'll be delighted to be where they are. I would say Jet Tracy goes to bed smiling every night of the week and uh, gets up with that pleasant countenance of his just in a state of rhapsody with these results. Yeah, no doubt about that. Dahi Arn, of course, uh, going well in the recent two as well. They're still unbeaten in the year. They've got uh, one eleven to one, to nine point win over Gorton. And in the day you beat Gorton, you have to work hard for it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Gorton are a team of start. they very, very committed. But I mentioned Mickey Clark earlier. We all remember Mickey playing full back for them and the, and the, and the quality teams of Gorton had way back in the 80s. They got to the senior final. Gorton at home were a different proposition. Joe, I'm sure you'll agree with me. A different proposition at home. Uh, as opposed to away. If you play them away in Gorton, it's a real battle. Uh, you get them in your own back garden, uh, you made them a point or two of advantage. But Ahiyarn, as you rightly said, they mean playing great stuff at the minute. Roland McHugh bagged one six at the weekend. Ethan McHugh was on target, as was Benny Gallon. Uh, unfortunately for Gorton, Sean O'Magalier, Brian McGarvey did the most of the scoring for them. But they just found uh, Ahiyarn, who are playing with confidence at the minute and are starting to rattle up the wins. The Ahiyarn uh, definitely deserve of the, of the victory there. Well, I think it's no secret that the two top teams in flying at the minute are Eden Dark and Ahi Yarn, who, who really give good accounts to themselves in Division 1, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, in fact, it probably was arguably Eden Dark's best performance in the championship when they played the two games again, Carrickmore last year. Two brilliant games, you know, and Eden Dark maybe, you know, a wee bit maybe aggrieved about going down, but listen, you need the points in the board and they slipped down, but they've started really, really well as, as of Ahi Yarn. When you go back two years, Joe, uh, Eden Dork played Colail in the Championship up in Dungannon. Um, Niall uh, um, um, Morgan got a black card, and up until that, they were controlling the game. Uh, Colail could find no way through, no way past. But once Morgan went off, the game changed. But up until that, you know, Eden Dork were more than, more than uh, worthy of, of, of the lead. But unfortunately, once they went down to 14 men, the whole thing changed. But a good club, good side, and, and you mentioned I Iron up there too. Yeah. 
Okay, I was going to say about Ronan McHugh, Damien, there, that Ronan McHugh is really telling the county, you know, in a way that he is a county standard footballer. You know, maybe we haven't seen that much of him in a Tyrone jersey and then maybe he withdrew or whatever. But Ronan McHugh is a prolific scorer. I mean, Ahi Arn depend greatly on his scoring prowess. I know they've other forwards that are of note as well, but worth mentioning Ronan McHugh this week, you know, top yeah. man. Well, what we saw quite recently, I think he had 13 points, Damien, didn't we have? Maybe the first yeah, week. Yeah, one or second was, yeah. He's very, very unfortunate with injury. He really has been. His county career was blighted with injury. Mm-hmm. And he's down now playing and, and enjoying his football and expressing himself. And not only expressing himself, but winning games for his club. Great to see. Okay, the last two games in Division 2. Eglish won 16, Ahar won 4. Eglish uh, get themselves back on the rails again after their defeat to Ahalu. Um, and Ahar still struggling a wee bit. They're still to record their first victory of the year. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear Joe because uh, that's obviously a neighbouring club, but Ahar seem to be really and truly in the mire at the minute. Whereas uh, Eglish, you mentioned getting back on the rails, Simeon. I see what's going to do with the goal. Luke Donnelly, ever seen James Donnelly's football? He bagged eight points for them. Ahar really and really struggling. Derek Kavna and Raymond McElroy were their scorers and chief for the weekend. But I mean, it tells you a lot. 1-4, Joe. 1-4 for the forward line, you know, that, that was noted for running up good scores. Yeah, this, they just seem to be struggling at the minute now. They seem to have dropped off a bit. But uh, I have no doubt that given their pedigree come championship time, you know, I think it'll be a different story. It's uh, I don't know what I don't know what it is. You know, Derek Dar- is still racking up scores in fairness to him, or, or he was up until up until this weekend anyway. But, um, you know, Dara Donnelly and all, I'm not too sure if they're laying out at the weekend. But, you know, they can't really afford. They couldn't afford, you know, say like to get Dara Kavner or Dara Donnelly injured. You know, they're yeah. big, big players for them. Um, I'm not quite sure if they're lined up at the weekend. But as I say, they wouldn't want to lose any of them two boys. Listen, we couldn't mention or without again reflecting back on one one of uh, by by my most uh, amazing. <laughs> by would that describe it? It would be, but there's a way a lot of people fed up with it. You know, <laughs> there's a way a lot of people fed up that I'm not. You know. I enjoyed it, you know, long, mazy run, back of the net, came back out to my place, and Eugene McKenna ran towards me, and I thought he was going to hit me, but he didn't. He said, what a goal, and ran <laughs> back to midfield. That's a shortened version of it, but as much as most people can tolerate it. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the moment, Barry. Great goal. I was there myself that night. Brilliant. The situations are wonderful, too. I think Joe Brawley learned a thing or two from them, but we're well ahead of yeah, well, I'm sure there's a very happy man up in Stavon, Aidan Harkin. Yesterday, 214 to 2.10 win over Clacher. That's Stavon's first win of the season, and Clacher yet to record a point. No, but it looked, like a, it looked like a great game of football as well. A high scoring game of football, indeed, and not much between them, Damien, four points at the end. Warner Mull and Danny McBride with the, with, uh, with the, 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 the uh, major scores. Warner Mull, sorry, and Dylan Arn, and then Warner with the goals. And Warner Mull and Danny McBride, 11 points between them. A decent return from, but again, key men. And if they don't play well, yeah, that's the, the problem Straban have. That the, the others, they're just not as strong. But the, the two boys certainly rose to the challenge yesterday. Sean McCaffrey and Ryan McCaffrey were the goals for Clahart uh, and Connor Shields, uh, Ryan McCaffrey and Kieran Bogue among the points. But Clahart sitting pointless at the minute and not a great start to the Division 3 campaign this year. Okay, we'll switch our attention now into Division 1, O'Neill's All-County League Division 1, and we'll look start at Group 1, and Arbo yet to record a win this year, 
bit of a surprise in fact after three games that they're still without a point uh, and they were beaten by six by Kelly Flacher uh, and down in Arbo 12 points to 115 I, I, I have to say again I was expecting Kelly Flacher to have a much much tougher battle I don't know if Joe's aware of this Kelly Flacher built up a very very good lead early on maybe 1-6-1-7 to no score they were in total control uh, Arbo came out in the second half a bit more fired up and I think it was quite physical and aggressive but uh, so, so some of the things that stood out by all accounts I was talking to some of the guys who were at the match this morning Conor McCann was absolutely outstanding seven points Oshie McCann got a goal after a minute and uh, the, the Kilcar team were very very well very well organised they, they handled the, the major scoring set from our bow Danny, Danny Gorman was absolutely superb at full back Marty, Marty Swift playing centre back uh, his natural position and again we mentioned earlier about the old guys Owen Bradley on again for Kelly Clower and uh, this is again his fourth decade to be playing football for, for the club which is brilliant to see but uh, our bowl will be very disappointed I mean they're coming to the championship no points from, from some games Joe I would say looking at the fixtures that they had that wouldn't have been what you were expecting was it? Oh definitely not definitely like any time you go to our bowl it's, it's always a hard game especially for Ergon Law we seem to beat us down there and, and beat us well um, Kelly Coney is usually, usually the nemesis down there but um no, I'm very surprised now with no points from our bow from, from three outings because like, the quality, the quality all over the field. You know, Shane McGuigan, boys, they got there. They're, there's not many better midfielders about or wherever you play him, even centre half forward, wherever he was playing, you know, he's a quality footballer. But listen, uh, uh, Kelly Clark have a couple of young lads come in there, you know, young Barton, um, young McCann, as you said, who got the goal. You know, them young lads have went in and they're, they're obviously not looking out of place. You know, they're, they're prominent. I think Jordan Barton, was he got the team of the week. Um, uh, last week, maybe, was it? Not on a different publication, Joe. It, it obviously, I, I, it I didn't mention, I didn't it mention wasn't where it was. It wasn't any publication we know anything about. Anyway. No, no, no. That's, that's like mentioning the BBC on UTV, isn't it? Uh, more or less the same thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll move swiftly on. No, no, no. Uh, no Joe, Kelly Clarer, only team that uh, have a 100% record in the recent one. Yeah, yeah. Three out of three, yeah. Um, which, which again nobody else is 100% record which shows you how competitive it is out there you know what I mean um, Arbo probably wouldn't want to be going in to the championship four none out of four but so I'm not sure who they play this weekend but I'm sure they'll be well up for it yeah yeah but I uh, just thinking some of the great tussles in the past you mentioned an Arbo legend earlier there uh, Benny Horton and uh, you would have had one or two encounters with Benny as well, of course. But a man you have great, great admiration for. Well, the best you could say about Benny Hurl is that he's sometimes misunderstood. You know, he's <laughs> just misunderstood. But he's a nice man, you know. He's a nice man, but not on the pitch. He's not a nice man on the pitch. Let's be straight about it, you know. You know, he's, he's, he's awful on the pitch, you know. Whenever I wrote my book, Keeper Lit, I contacted him and I said, Benny, is it all right if I put a photograph of you inside a wanted poster? I said, wanted for off-the-ball incidents dating back over 20 years. And he sort of threatened me over the phone, but I went ahead anyway and stuck his photo in and said, I wanted poster, you know. Yes. But again, you know, he is a hard man, but I'm not afraid of him. Like, I'm not afraid of any hard. <laughs> Interestingly there, when you said that the Romanian beauty contest there, Joe, when he said misunderstood, I remember again yeah. where misunderstood, yes. But. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> Love Garbo. Arbo actually have done Gannon away this this weekend, so that's a that's a, that's a tough one for them there as well. But um, 
They'll be hoping to get points uh, against uh, Dungannon. Dungannon, will come to that result, actually, they had a 1-13 to 8-point win over Roy yesterday. And Dungannon are a side also unbeaten in Division 1 this year as well. I don't have quite a 100% record, but there's three games played, two wins and a draw. Yeah, Dungannon going well. Uh, young Paul Donaghy, obviously, straight up to them from Eden Dork. He seems to have added a wee bit of space to the forward line. Gold yesterday from Conor McKee. He was part of that on the 21 squad that they had a couple of years ago. And Daley Jones, their team is improving. And uh, I tell you, they're nobody's mugs and they'll, they'll give any, any team that's full of it. And the interesting thing is this, again, goes back to what I said earlier, about the quality of throwing club football. Themselves in the Tats, playing two years ago in the intermediate final, and how the game swung, one great chance it was missed, and suddenly Tally Ray got a goal at the other end. You know, but it tells you how close the, 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 and intense the battles are in club football in Toronto. But Dungallon certainly deserved winners yesterday. Pomeroy are struggling, Damien, at the minute. I'm sure you're, you know, with, with the Harvey roots that are by Pomeroy, that uh, probably resonates with you somewhat, but they certainly are struggling. Yeah, and you can hear, you know, they think, I'm not sure they feel it, I don't know if the reserves feel it yesterday. I know there was a few issues with reserves, maybe the week before. But it's a bad sign when, you, when the reserve team aren't out in Division 1. And it, uh, it's a talent sign as well. And they'll want to get their, their act together fairly quickly. I know they have a big game next week, actually. Well, big game, I suppose, you know, they might write this year's league off completely. But um, I'm sure they'll want to make a point uh, against Lock McCurry. And Lock McCurry will be eyeing that game up next week as well, I'm sure, for to get to get a couple of points on the board um, ahead of the championship. But, uh, yeah, certainly from Roy, we'll want to get, uh, want to get things... Back on the on the rails fairly quickly, uh, but the 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 championships the championships a one off game and uh, we'll see how how that goes. Ergot here in one fifteen, Carrickmore six points. I was texting Ryan Daly to check had the was the uh, Carrickmore bench fully loaded. He says they weren't. He says just uh, uh, about their Ergot team and the, the man going off earlier on had a big impact. But he said the better team won. Yo. Yeah, the send the sending off. I was just speaking to Barry about it before we come on, and um, well, I, I thought the sending off had an effect on it. Barry just thinks maybe there's a wee bit of a gulf between the two teams currently, um, and and there possibly is a wee bit. Um, but uh, you know, Ryan Daly's a good man there at the helm. I I think him and him and, and Paul and Noel are, are you know they'll eventually get it right there. You know, bringing in them young lads, and it's hard to bring in the young lads right at the minute because of the way the minors are going, and you know there's a lot of games for them, but like. Alexa Young Fullerton, Danny coming in there, you know, will be a big addition to that Carrickmore squad. And no, I think they'll be all right in the long term. Well, I mentioned earlier since uh, Carrickmore won a championship and, and uh, Joe was chatting with Ergo. I think 2005, and, uh, you know, for a club and a team that we expect so much from, or anticipate to be challenging for championships all the time, that's, that's quite, a, quite a golf, isn't it? Well, I think. I think Ryan and Noel are doing the correct things as managers. You know, they're, they're, they're good managers. They're on top of their game. But you don't have a divine right to win this year, you know, or last year, maybe next year. You know, um, it's that competitive, you know. And I think Kerry Moore's at an interesting time in its development, you know. Um, some of the older players are in the twilight of their career, but still, you know, commanding and justifiably so. You know the first team places. I mean, when Connor Gormley came on yesterday, he brought additional bite to the Carrickmore team for 15 minutes. Carrickmore's strongest patch in the game yesterday was when Connor Gormley came on and began to organise things. But no, I would have confidence in the management. I think they're doing the right things. But just sometimes you're building, you know. And then of course, I know Ergil had 
injuries uh, we had too, in the sense that Jonathan Monroe, Rory Lochern, uh, you know, young Rory Slane's a first team player, and then you had a couple of men sent off last week. So you were probably without five players that would have started, you know. But ultimately, Errigal had home advantage, you know. And I think that needs to be taken into account, Joe, in the overall assessment of what happened yesterday. Errigal er- er- had home advantage and they played with the wind and down the hill for the both halves. <laughs> we tried that. We tried that. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, but there's a fair amount of shadow boxing going on, isn't there, too, ahead of the championship? You know the importance of the championship? Like, in, a, in, a, in 10 days' time, we'll know all about it. Everybody will know all about it. The white heat of the championship is around the corner, and you're either in or you're out, one of the two. Hmm. Uh, interesting, all right. But uh, I'm just thinking, Joe, you know, what, what Barry said there, obviously quite true, but most people who looked at that result yesterday were quite shocked by it. I mean, I, as a neutral, looked and saw the, the, just the gulf between the two teams, particularly without Gary Canavan, after Peter Old McCartan's injury, you know, all that, those things, it just, it just to me, seemed to compound a, a difficult situation for Gary Moore. Yeah, as I say, Gary Moore lost them on, you know, early on, and, and that's never easy. Um, and we did play well. Like Ben McDonald had a really, really quality game in the middle of the field. And as Barry says, you know, Big Monroe was a big loss for him, you know, around the middle of the field. Like Ben was very, very, you know, very dominant in the middle of the field yesterday. Um, we just seemed to pick off scores and then, you know, we went. Four one up, five one up, six one up. I think it's seven. It might have went eight one up, and then I think it was eight two at half time. Then I think it was. Um, you know, we just seemed to get away on them. But but as Barry says, then Conor Garmy coming on did steady the ship a wee bit, and and Carrigmore played some good football. You know, they played some good football as well. Um, yeah, that's no, yeah. uh, championship pedigree again. We will come back to that. You know what I mean? Different story, different ball game. Yeah, finally we'll finish off with the Moy against Lock McCrory. Uh, a narrow one-point win, Noel, for Moy over Lock McCrory. Yeah, last week against Kelly Clare, the two great scoring threats that the Moy had were Peter Mallon and Sean Cavanagh, and so proved yesterday as well. They were the guys who accounted for the most of the scoring. But it just shows you how close uh, Lock McCrory are. There's a very, very little between the teams there of the point. Parik Meenan and Cahill Donaghy were responsible for most of the scores for the Lock men. And uh, I will say, they had the happening off. This is, this is part of the development, part of the, the learning process. And these young lads are getting good quality football against established senior clubs and holding their own. No, they're not too disappointed. And the fact that there's no relegation, it means they can play with a certain sense of abandon as such. Yeah, it's a free shot, really, for them. You know, yeah. <clears throat> we played them obviously last week and, and they were kind of caught in the headlights a wee bit. You know, the, the, um, but like we played Moy the week before. Um, and Moy caught us at the end when, when technically we should have saw the game out. You know, I think we were we were four or five points up at thirty first minute, and then conceded two late goals. But Moy's a big, strong side, big, big team. Yeah, uh, indeed. And the, the, some quality footballers. You know, Sean Cavan is still as good as there is out there. You know, he's still a quality player. Right, we'll drop into Group uh, 2 and uh, Cull Island. Uh, Dromore really blew that uh, group wide open yesterday by going to Cull Island and taking away a victory, 13 points to 11. Leaving four, five teams, I think, Noel, I was looking at it today, five teams and four points in Division uh, 1, Group 2. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, I just look at it. Obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing just how close the whole thing is. But Dromore's tip up. And I, do, I think, considering that Dromore had lost Joma, uh, okay, they went to Galway and beat them, but 
I think not too many people would have been reckoning on Dramore going to Collyland and turning them over. But it tells you a lot about Dramore in terms of <clears throat> the quality of, of, of the players and the leadership they have. Niall Sutton really led from the front yesterday. A very, very solid performance from him. He also figured, featured prominently with the scores, as did uh, Dyke McNulty. From Klein's point of view, short a couple of players, but Jaron Quinn, Bailey Leonard, and Jason Carberry were the men who did most of the scoring. And I would say if Damien O'Hagan was given the choice between losing yesterday to more or losing against the in the championship, I don't know which one he would take him. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, Omar had a two-point victory over Donald Moore, though. Yeah, we've seen uh, Donald Moore play. Uh, I've seen Omar play. I've seen the game against Moore. Uh, again, you saw Omar last week up in, in, in Coal Island, and they, they failed slightly, or failed slightly in the second half. But yesterday, uh, they held their own, and Conor O'Donnell was on fire. Uh, eight points he got. Donald Moore, uh, only can hit one five. Dashing Quinn got a couple of points for them. But Omar, I think... Uh, just a, a wee bit of experience, a bit of quality, uh, aged and done it more. Uh, again, a bit like Doc McCrory, struggling for points, but I think form's more important for him at the moment than points. Why you spend a bit of your time in and around Oma? What's the word on the street for Oma in the Championship this year? Well, I think McCabe's a serious manager, isn't he? Carl McCabe's a serious contender, and I think he knows what he's doing. And it's lovely to see O'Donnell on fire, as you said, Connor. There, it's great, you know. Uh, he's a great forward. Um, I think that all eyes are on the championship, you know, and they've had their dress rehearsal at Gardrum there a couple of weeks ago. The whole focus, I think, uh, is on this Oma Drummond match that's coming up in the in the championship. I'll be talking to boys like Marty Woodhead there on a regular basis, you know, and. Uh, uh, there's a, a nervousness about that match between Oma and Dremore. It's a bit like the Cole Island Clano match. It's a biggie, you know. So I think all eyes are on that championship. And it's, it's primarily because it's not like the Monaghan Championship. I think the Monaghan Championship is played on a group basis, isn't it? And like in Tyrone, it's that old fashioned, you know, if you're bit in the first round of the championship, you're out. The way the Ulster Senior Football Championship used to be, Noel, and it was amazing. It was amazing. If you go out in the first round, that's the end of your season. And, you know, in some cases, you know. Yeah, and the interesting thing there, Barry, was I think Joe will be aware of this. So you remember back in 85, we lost to Derry in the preliminary round in May. May. You were at <laughs> the championship in May. And, you you know, you weren't going to get together again until maybe November. It just it seemed like an awful waste of a complete year uh, of football. Uh, and, and our championships like that, you know, the good thing, it's the most way thing of work with COVID, is that every team's still in the championship and it's already August, you know? I know. Yeah, but if I, I mean, could just say, Noel, Noel, if I could just say, a big week for Oma, you know, as a GA family, with the passing of Monica, Monica Gallagher, you know, the mother of the four lads, you know, that everybody talks about, they're fine lads, and they play for Oma, and uh, it was a big week for the Trillic Club and the Oma Club with uh, the passing of Monica, and... Uh, her funeral, you know, showed the strength of coming Lutla scale in Tyrone, you know. I, I walked the short distance from the chapel in front of the courthouse, out John Street and down to Lytle Car Park. And it was like a social wealth, you know, the amount of people you would meet, you know, in that situation, you know. It was a very powerful occasion, you know. So I just wanted to say that. And I know that as Monica passed through Thurmore and Thrillick to be buried in Maharalak, it was very powerful for me. But again, like, we said it before, like, you see the GEA at its best, you see Irish culture at its best at a funeral, because that's when the GEA community 
together and gives their own people the send off and the support and the recognition that they deserve. I, and Monica being the sister, of course, of of John and uh, Brendan, on the, on and other Brendan. members of the family who the Donnellys, like such a powerful GA connection, very very poignant. Absolutely, absolutely. No, no doubt. And there was a minute silence ahead of the game yesterday up in Donnelly Park in Trillick. Uh, and uh, Trillick came away with a 1-10 to 10-point victory. And anybody know, that had no sight of that game or anything else would have thought, yeah, relatively straightforward once again for Trillick. But it was far, far from it. Uh, uh, a strange game, Damien. Uh, Trillick played against the one in the first half and led 5-4 at half-time. And they quite literally, Joe and Brian, they conducted the game, they controlled the game, they held the ball. I mean, if you see the possession stats on these soccer matches, well, it must have been about 60-40 in terms of possession. And they led, going into the break, against the 1-5-4. And we honestly, when Jimmy, we were sitting or sound talking at halftime, we were expecting Trudy to come out and pull away in the second half. But Derry Lohan were nothing short of absolutely brilliant. Uh, led by Cian Quinn and by Kennedy, they really did, and, and, and the Kearneys, Fergal McAllister, these guys, they dug so deep and they actually led deep into injury time. And then, what did Tulloch do? They brought Mel Gormley on. And what did he do? His first touch took it in the net. And from being 10 8 down, they went to 1 8 to 10 points up. And you could nearly just see the deflation that it caused Derry Lahan. And then, bang, bang, two quick points, 1 10 to 10 points. And you just wondered what the hell happened there. But 32 minutes of serious effort from Derry Lahan was all undone by one substitution two minutes into injury time. Hey, Arnold, well, can I say that I was in the Vodafone shop in Oma the day? Am I allowed to say that on your channel? <laughs> I was in the shop getting my mobile phone into the day, and the person that was serving me and the customer at the next table were both raving about Niall Gormley coming on and scoring that goal, especially against the context that he scored three goals and six points for the reserve team. He scored four six in the one day. <laughs> incredible, incredible. But it was just one of those days, wasn't it? Uh, definitely wasn't. We, you know, we're walking away from the ground after it, and uh, we ran into Liam Donnelly, and you know, he did say it was smashing grab. Like it was a, it was one of those, it was one of those victories that, uh, um, well, I suppose it, it shows you the strength and depth, depth as well. They're able to spring a man like Neil Gormley and come on. And, come in and get a fist of goal and as soon as he got that second ball we knew it was over the bar before he even had it because he just was so lively and he was he was flying and he was full of confidence um but it was such a it was a big blow to Jerry Lohan who I have to say battled throughout the game there were I thought they were immense throughout the game and uh you know they're gonna cause a bit of damage I would say you know in the league and possibly even in the championship you know as well you don't know how they're gonna they're set up but you get you get a wee sense of how they might set up in the championship and I think it's gonna be a frustrating afternoon for anybody trying to take them on uh um in an open game of football because they're gonna they're gonna lock down and make it very difficult for you. Yeah credit to the O'Hagan lads in defence Connor McCabe in defence as well Marty McStavick who was back there paper it really was a you know you know they often say Joe about the the sum of the parts. I mean, Derry Lahan's second half performance yesterday was really a sum of the parts. They did put it up to Tully, and for long periods of the game, they were not just in it, but they were they were dominating it. And Tully, again, that's what makes county champions. Tully didn't panic. There was no there was no sense of panic. I mean, they just no 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 and and they missed chances. Matty Donnelly missed a chance to Rory or Lee Brennan missed a couple of clinkers. Didn't stop. Continued on. 
and they got the one of them. Okay. Well, look, I, was, I was inquiring about my mobile data, you know, and about how much memory was in this new phone and all. But Ross, the lad in the shop, he's a Trillix reporter, he kept saying to me, oh, what about Niall Gormley? I said, no, but see my mobile data and you see how much storage, memory storage this phone will have. He says, I swear to God, he got three six in the reserves and he got a goal in the seniors. And can you put that in your data, Barry? Well, I'm not sure because Ross didn't talk about the mobile phone at all. I, I still haven't a clue about the mobile phone because they were raving about Niall Gormley. I tell you what, if you talk any more about Ross and Vodafone, they'll be getting a bill for an advertising uh, here in the next uh, before the shows out. Last thing for the day, Noel, we'll have to go pride of place, and we'll have to stop talking about this Galway team now. And it's a bit of a you know a bit of a joke in terms of uh, they're going to do well this year. They're a serious outfit. They recorded a two fourteen. The 116 win over Clano yesterday, and you know, it's they're a team to be reckoned with this year in Division One. I, I don't think there's any question about it. We, we, we again, a lot of it was based on on the, the great work that Galway community has been doing with their youth over the last number of years, and it's very much paying off. And uh, we, 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 the, the, the disappointment is a motivation to do more the last year was certainly uh, undone, shall we say. Uh, after the performance yesterday, but again, it shows the importance of first of all having a game plan and sticking to it, and the second thing then has is be able to bring guys on who can make a difference. Adam McGarry, uh, second that one that late goal and uh, to to win the game against a very very determined, very experienced, and a very well drilled old team. I tell you, uh, we often say about games been worth more than two points, Joe, and that game you saying that one for Galway would be much more for them than than, than just the three points. Uh, their tails weren't up. They'll definitely be up now. You know, they're they're a quality side. You know, Liam Rafferty, players like that. Like Liam Rafferty's so hard to pick pick up. You know, whenever he's playing, coming from deep there in the half back line. Like his scoring rate from half backs phenomenal. I know he takes penalties and all that, but he's so dangerous coming forward there. You know, Big Donnelly. You were talking earlier on about um, Young Murphy kicking, Shane Murphy kicking balls. You know, Donnelly on his days, every bit is good. You know. <laughs> Serious, serious player. Uh, the big, the big blow, yes, of course, by was uh, they, they lost Sean Murphy. Kevin Kelly told me Sean Murphy probably played the best football he ever saw him play for Galway yesterday, and he pulled his hamstring just as he was going through to shoot for a goal. And he just he says it wasn't just a he absolutely just down in a heap. The hamstring was gone, and that's missing him in the championship is going to be a massive, massive loss because he is a key man to them and a top quality player. I know, and injury, you know, is a very lonely place, isn't it, for players, you know? Like, I wanted to say earlier that Owen Hughes is a Carrickmore panellist, you know, of distinction, a real good player, and he had a bad ACL injury, as it's called now, and he, he something happened at recently in training again, you know, and we just want to wish all players, you know, like Murphy, you know, like Hughes, just all players who are suffering injuries this time, you know, they're, not, they're in a lonely place, I think. It yeah, can be yeah. tough on them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's worth Frank Burns and man who picked up an injury at the weekend as well. And again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, this condensed season may be the reason for it. But, you know, as you say, Barry, it can be a lonely place when guys are out sailing away and you're going to rehab and you're not competing. And, and, and you know, it's a long tunnel. There's always light at the end of it. That's the important thing. Absolutely. Yeah, so with the details of all of those games uh, on the website, of course, uh, all of the ladies' fixtures and uh, results are on the website, of course, from the weekend as well. There was like a, a, a cracking game between Kalisha and St. McCartans the weekend, Noel. 2-9 to 1-12, St. McCartans 
just about coming out. Winner, no, sorry, apologies. Oh. It was a draw, oh. drawing game. Uh, oh. Drawing game there, and uh, Argyll uh, won by a goal over Aru. Uh, Cookstown were beaten by Spurn Oak, and Glenelly had a victory over Oma on uh, as well in Division One. Interestingly, those I mean, first of all, Gunya Rafferty, uh, nine points the other night uh, in, in their match with McCartans. Uh, Zoe Lawhorn, two goals, that was a 2 9. Brilliant performance from, from Kalisha. I don't think too many people expected, but McCartans dropped the first point of the season. Uh, Neve O'Neill, of course, who is uh, something of a scoring machine for um, uh, Sparrow, dropped, or her standards dipped slightly at the weekend. She only, she only scored 2 8. Imagine that, she only scored 2 8. But uh, there's a couple of really, really big, impressive scores. Mick and Donnelly hit 3 4 for Flintman in their draw with Kappa. 4.13 apiece, uh, apiece. Barry, no sign of uh, blanket defences in ladies football. 4.13 apiece, high score and stuff. No, um, funny, and Damien has all the scores there. I was wondering any word from the Kerrick Moore Gorton or Badoni match. Gorton were playing Kerrick Moore at Earn Eves involved in that, you know. I wonder any word of that result coming through there, Damien. No, we just got the games in the weekend. Well, I'll take a wee look for it in a, in a minute. I'll just give you the I'll just give you the rest of the results from, from Friday night, just when we're here. Okay. Arbo, Arbo won over uh, Eden Dark at home, uh, but only had a win over Loch McCrory. Kiaba yeah. and uh, Fintney, as Noel already mentioned, there was a draw. Trillick had a home win over Dunra. Dramore, 4-12. Castle Dirk, 3-12. Cracking game there in Division 2 as well. And into Division 3 then, wins for Barra. Uh, Island, Galbley, who were beaten actually by Moy, um, Ahalu had a big win over Owen Rose, and finally uh, Murtown had a big win, 7 29 they scored in their victory over Drunk Win. Um, no, no yeah. I don't see anything coming through there yet, but I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye out. Well, just before we, we, we finish that, that, that part off, could you just say that the Murtown performance probably led to the highest score of the night, and that was Sarah Devlin, 113. She got which is fair scoring any day of the week, but uh, she the, the top scorer. And Ethan McGahan won it for Arua in their match against Errigal. And uh, there was one other score of note. I mentioned Gronje Rafferty earlier. Um, uh, Liz McGarvey for, for Barra. Uh, Elizabeth McGarvey, yes, a 2-7. Decent return as well. So some high-scoring games, but quality football that's been played. And it's good to see it. And it's certainly, there's a, a, not, not a full range of fight around the fixtures tonight, there's certainly quite a significant number of ladies' games tonight, uh, which will have a big bearing on the outcome of the league. Good news for you, Barry. Carrick Moore a big win. Big win over Badoni tonight. I think it's important, it's important to state that, you know, it's important to state that loudly, loudly and clearly here this I have, a funny feeling, I have a funny feeling you knew that and <laughs> you decided to share it with the, the general public. But anyway... Um, I mean, Joe, Joe thinks he's the moral high ground after yesterday, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There <laughs> Just when you were on St. McCartan's there, I was at St. McCartan's again in Argyll um, a couple of weeks back, and St. McCartan's running ability and the way they move the ball is phenomenal to watch. Like for their brilliant save, they're super save. And for Kalisto to come and get a draw, and I don't, I was not again, obviously. You know, it's, that's a massive again. Again, it was at the Argyll Kalisto game at the start of the year where, where Kalisto nipped them. It was actually a quality game, um, but Grant, you're offering a sum operator. Absolutely brilliant player. Uh, do you know this? She has all, all, all the, the, the guide and movement and, and technique that her father had because Brenton was the same sort of a great, great creative head, but also a guy who could take a score 
or pick a pass, but a brilliant, brilliant player. But you go back to McCartan's, Chloe McCaffrey, Lee McGarry, Stanley McCarran, Gares again, absolutely top door players, top door. Running the building is unbelievable. It's just unparalleled in girls football. It's superb. Um, but Kelly's uh, have a couple of great players too. Um, Zoe Lahan was a big plus coming back to them. Um, super player. Like, and she's racking up big scores. Very, very good footballer. I mentioned just before, I mentioned earlier about, about the, the Beatles and, and, and Kildress and the four lads. Also, maybe worth mentioning too, the, the three guys from uh, Remore who, who we noted the weekend, Peter Ward, Fabian O'Neill and uh, Barry Collins, who are now playing into their fourth decade as well, which is brilliant. It tells you an awful lot about the, the commitment of, of club men to the, to, to the GA. Liam, isn't, isn't Lily Patterson still playing well for Drumquinn and Ryan McKellion? Aren't they? They're of their age. If, if you uh, look back, Brian, the last two weeks, there we had a great story we feature on Lily Patterson, on Ryan McKellion, and also Aidan McGahan. Aidan McGahan. Uh, made his debut for uh, Kelly Mann in 1977 as a 14-year-old. Uh, he came on as a sub, scored a goal, and for the rest of the season, he was first choice forward. And uh, he was playing two weeks ago for the reserves and scored three points. I'll not tell you what age he is, but that's some goal from 1977 to 2020. Right, folks, I think that uh, about wraps it up for this evening. Our thanks, of course, to uh, Barry McElduff and to Joe Neal. Who, and Joe, I think you have, you'll have uh, win Abstract Art Piece of the Year Award for that uh, nice piece of artwork behind you. Always had a wee bit of style, Joe. And, uh, you know, you're, once again, you're, you're, you're showing the rest of us up here. But uh, uh, until, I think, uh, Friday evening, Noel, back out Friday evening. And uh, the boys will be back out at somewhere, somewhere on Friday evening. Details of that later in the week. And, yeah. uh, until next Monday evening, or Friday evening, folks. And then next Monday evening, a very good evening to you.